Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Welcome to Old Dog New Tech. This is Jeff West. I'm on episode 29, and in this episode, I'm going to go back and look at some things that I've done in the past, some collections of apps and websites and things that you can use in your classroom, but I'm going to review and see of how I've used them, if they've been successful, kind of highlight a couple, three or four or five, and um, kind of make this one great big tech treat but also help me reflect back on what I've done. I've just completed a trimester, and I'm getting ready to start another, so I'm doing some planning, so I'm looking back and looking forward. And maybe in this episode, uh, you've done the same. Maybe you've used some things. Uh, It's time to reflect. Reflection is a great thing. Let's get going. So I'm looking back uh, at the website that's in my show notes that I made from my trip to the McCall Conference, Michigan Association of Computer Users and Learners Conference. That was at Kobo Arena. I believe it's set to be there again here in 2019. It goes over to Grand Rapids area. On the even years, it come back and forth. So after I went to that, I, I got to three, see uh, some great speakers and some fan, fantastic sessions. And some sessions showed me some new things and, and others showed me things that I have been using and different ideas and ways to use them. So um, as I look back at this site and I take a look at this, I'm, I'm kind of asking myself, can I do without this tech? And sometimes the answer is yes, but mostly because uh, it doesn't fit the needs of my students. I, I think some other people probably can't do without this. They are doing without, but I'm not sure that they should be. So I think it's really up to all of us to, to look at our student needs and let those drive our curriculum. And the integration of tech then is also driven by your curriculum needs, which again are driven by student needs. There's a lot of tools out there that often present themselves as you need to use this exclusively. And I think, uh, you know, just to kind of philosophize, there we go. Anyway, to talk about this is a big picture, big vision type of idea. I think really you should use multiple tools 
to do the same thing and kind of go back and forth. Because ultimately then that gives you the opportunity to flip it over to your kids, to your students. Uh, Instead of being so teacher-driven, you give them a list. Maybe you create a video of you creating something using one or two of the tools. And uh, I've done this on a couple of assignments. It's been pretty successful. So when I give it to the kids and say, here, you can use this tool or this one, I usually get about um, four or five kids turning something in with a totally different tool that they are, uh, they're comfortable with. And that's really what it's about because then the creativity and the critical thinking starts to flow. The collaboration piece. In my area, in music, we're collaborating pretty much all the time when you're playing together. You have to collaborate to create music, to create art. Um, perhaps in the other content areas, that's not as much of a as much the case. So you have to find ways to teach that collaboration piece and provide avenues for that. So that can be a that can be a challenge, I think, because students have been brainwashed in the teacher-driven classroom. And we're at such a transitional period in education where the student-driven classroom is a is a, a kind of one of those buzzwords that you hear. And you want the project-based learning and you and um, um, all other types of terms, I guess, without making a creeping along the list, that basically are just talking about critical thinking and collaboration. How do we get our kids to do that? when we've been telling them to come in and sit in your seat and hear the directions and now do this. Okay, you didn't do that right, now go back and do it again. Um, We're trying to change that, and so we're transitioning. And in doing that, I think tech offers a lot of possibilities with that, and so you want to have a bunch of different tools that you can utilize because some of them are going to be true for your students and are going to work great, and then all of a sudden some are not. And that's kind of what this episode is about. I went back uh, and looked over some of these tools I got from the McCall conference and some that I'm still using and some that I tried to use. And, you know, they I can see the value, but it didn't it wasn't as successful with my students. Now, if you take some of those same students and move them into the next hour in the next subject, it might be just fine. That's to me, that's one of the, the great challenges of teaching and is just to remain open because it may not work today, but it might work tomorrow or in the next hour. So let's get to it. Uh, first off, I'm looking at the website. So if you click on there, you want to follow through with me. I'm looking at my Wednesday list. There was, I went to a breakout Uh, edu session which was um, an excellent session and i did utilize that but here's what i found out i found out i got to make sure that the tools that are in the breakout and if you're not familiar with that little side thing this is like an escape room you're creating an escape room type of environment where students are going to use they're going to have to search and find different answers to things of puzzles and questions that you've created and some of them, uh, some of these can be digital. They're all online, or you can uh, use um, actual um, manipulatives. You know, you're going to have uh, pictures, uh, maps, charts, things you want them. It just depends what you want them to learn. So you use this content that you're trying to teach them, and they are finding those the answers uh, in the content, 
And as they find those answers, it leads them to uh, uh, combinations of locks that are placed upon uh, a box, multiple locks on a box. And they use that those answers that they find to get the combination. And there's uh, usually a prize inside of some sort in the box. Something simple as suckers or Jolly Ranchers or mints or something. Um, something in the box and, and they work together in this collaborative critical thinking stage. Now, what I did digital and some of my tools that I used online were not uh, whitelisted. They were blacklisted so the kids couldn't get to them. They worked fine in my house, but they didn't work in the classroom. So, uh, but what did come out of that is some of the tools that I used, I started using them in other areas in other ways uh, to enhance, say, my announcements or enhance um, uh, a closing activity. So it wasn't a complete success by any means, uh, but it also, you know, it wasn't a flop. So I say, you know, I... I do need that. I do need to use that again. Um, and some of those tools, Snote is listed there. Um, I'm reminding myself what that is. I believe it was a special way to make like a hidden note. And some of these sites, you know, they do have free features, but they work better when uh, when using the premium version. But there are some free versions, yes, that's what it was. It's creating these words and their lines and uh, and they're all kind of stacked on top of each other. And then you can move this note, it's a 3D image. You can move it around to find the different words in there. You have to uh, kind of really, you know, you really have to use your imagination. They have to, uh, the students really have to use their imagination to see. You will see the words, but it's it's kind of looks like a bowl of spaghetti of different colors. So that's one that I have continued to use. I go on down the list. Padlet I used. Uh, Google Drawing, Quizzes, Kahoot. You know, EasyBib, uh, Britannica is on the list um, for research purposes. In my case... Um, and there are a lot of uh, cool features that Britannica and um, other online uh, reference tools like so like that have. Um, but for me, it doesn't always. I'm not as regular of a user, so I don't in my class in my classroom. But it might work out for for those of you that do a fair amount of research and your students need a a place to go for additional sources. So I'm going to move over to Thursday now. Thursday, EduPath, Inclorider. You know, at first look, photos for class, Wii Video, and Tour Builder. And the last three I've used. Storyboard that, Inclorider, EduPath uh, for Staff PD. I'm familiar with that, but I did not. I have not used that very much. So let's take a look for a minute at the Inkle Writer. Write your very own interactive stories. So I did not have a chance to use this one. I do remember the session, though. And it is a very cool um, so, uh, resource for writing 
uh, creating stories. If you want to get your students moving on into some uh, in writing and 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 creating, uh, it be, having it be more engaging than a paper and pencil, perhaps, or computer and typing, um, this will help students. And I think the process of using this then starts to establish in their brain the, uh, that creative process a little bit. It might um, spur that on. Sometimes in music, when I'm when I'm trying to teach students, you know, I say, okay, we need to play this with more style and feeling or phrasing. Um, you know, you have to remember they're a blank page. That, those terms don't mean too much to them uh, yet. And even though they've been listening to music and we could even say been reading books for a while, they don't read a book like they're going to be an author. They don't listen to music like they're going to be a performer. So we have to, as teachers, we have to, find ways to take them through that step by step. And I think sometimes when we come up, students come up K through eight, there are lots of step-by-step -step books and uh, practices. And then they get into high school and to college, and it seems to be a disconnect where we just automatically expect. And so you have to find ways to uh, take them into kind of the apprentice stage of maybe being a writer and a reader as if you're going to be an author. And um, that can be that can be a challenge. I think Ingle Writer pr provides that opportunity. So you might want to look at that. Photos for class is great because you can look up for photos and it will give you um, school appropriate photos and it will cite them, which we're always, at least there is a movement toward and should be a movement toward um, citing your references and so you're not plagiarizing and and you have good digital citizenship. We Video is an excellent video editor, and um, I have recently started to use, uh, found that you can screen record with it. It's a Google Chrome extension, and so I've been a big Screencastify user, but uh, and Screencast-O-Matic. But I'm going to start utilizing We Video in some cases when I want to create a little more professional-looking uh, video. I'm not against an unprofessional-looking video, though, I want to say. I think it's important sometimes to put, as a teacher, to put that video out there that maybe, you know, isn't perfect. It has little spots in it that things don't work right, or maybe you flub on your words. Uh, I think it's important students see how you do mistakes. How do you, how do you bounce back? Recovery. Recovery is a big piece, a uh, big piece of the puzzle. And I think it's going to continue to be a big piece of the puzzle, especially uh, for our students as they go forward. Because, again, since we're in such a transitional period, um, I'm not sure how much, you know, how, how long it will take before tech will be a little easier to use to where you won't need uh, as much background in it and uh, collaboration and so forth. The creativity and critical thinking that we're trying to teach will uh, just be a natural in the students, um, but we but uh, as of yet that hasn't happened, and um, so when they see your video like that, you have to learn. You're gonna have to learn how to recover and and how to make it happen. Obviously, we want them to learn how to make professional products, but I think it's important as well that they learn how to get right back to the professional level even when they slip for a minute. So setting an example 
showing that as a teacher is, uh, I think it's a vital piece of teaching. Uh, tour builder, then the last on Thursday. Um, I did, I didn't work around with this a little bit just to uh, uh, kind of help students start to learn how to create their own tour on um, Google Maps. And uh, they've since come out with a VR uh, experience of that where you can add video to that. And um, it looks really cool. It just doesn't uh, you know, apply as easily to my classroom, but it may apply to yours. Take a look at that one. All right, I'm going to come back in the next segment uh, for Friday because it's a much longer list. I'll move a little quicker through that. But, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully, you're as you're listening to my ramblings, maybe my philosophical meanderings, you know, maybe it's sparking an idea or a thought process in you. And um, I hope that's what this is. I know for me, as I'm talking uh, doing this podcast, I'm thinking back through these things going, yeah, how many times I'm remembering the times I used these tools. And uh, they were really very successful because I was utilizing them uh, to engage my students. If you're looking at this uh, McCall website that I have here from 2017 of tools and things that I saw and did, um, you'll notice Friday is much longer than the other two days. Um Primarily because uh, a couple of many of the sessions I went to were Google innovators and educators, presenters, trainers. And um, at that particular time, I wanted to be able to utilize these these apps in my classroom. And I also knew that um, that our district was going to be rolling out a one to one with Chromebooks and teachers were going to. Uh, you know, need perhaps, I don't know, some suggestions, maybe even assistance at times. And since then I have, you know, done some training and I have done some, uh, you know, I do this podcast. I also did a blog. I also uh, will tweet some things um, that I'm doing or that I've seen. And, you know, I have different folks following uh, and that's, that's all great. But the, the reason that the list is so much longer is I really kind of dove in and uh, started, you know, staying at certain sessions for a while and then walk into another session. So once I felt, I, you know, there were a lot of good sessions. So I was able to kind of double, double it up a bit. So I'll go down the list. Google Sites, of course, I did a podcast on Google Sites. I'm still using that. I, I love that tool. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about where that's at and also that I couldn't do a lot of things that uh uh, without <clears throat> the, the things I do with Google Sites are enhanced, and I couldn't do them as well. I could do them; they just wouldn't be as good, uh, as engaging as uh, it provides a lot of possible um, avenues for personalized learning. Uh, Weebly, the website uh, creator as well, um, I had used, but I've gone almost exclusively with Google Sites because I'm so. Uh, we're Google School apps, so we're connected, and it works pretty pretty well. Continuing down the list, I have Google Docs I've used. Um, I continue to use just primarily you know, for agendas, and you know, students create assignments on there. But I'm trying to help them utilize Google Docs a bit more in citing their work and uh, being able to insert more images and video and. Uh, um, um, now with Google updating, 
and adding it so you can put, you could create a slide and you can add that slide to a dock. That's a pretty cool feature. Um, next is a Google uh, Research and Explore. Um, those are tools. I think it's up under the tool menu when you are in docs or an app. Uh, excuse me, app. When you're in docs or slides or sheets, um, you can research a, any, a term or a, um, a group of uh, text, segment of text. There we go. And it will put a put the research in the right-hand side panel of your window, and you can see if you are looking for more ideas on it or um, you want to check spelling even, you can do that. Um, Explore tool gives you options for different formats. So I've used both of these. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a huge thing, you know, like in the classroom or anything, but it has made me more productive in my preparation, which is really kind of, I think the more I'm doing this tech, you know, this podcast, I'm finding that, uh, you know, most teachers are really pretty ready to go and they're comfortable in their content. When I say most, I mean, there's a few sometimes that think they're not, and so they kind of flounder about a bit, and then they eventually find themselves, I think. Um, but it's the not, it's the unteaching things, the not teaching, the, you know, the paperwork, the communication, the, and it all that makes teaching possible. Uh, that's the, that's where tech is uh, uh, I don't think I can live without that now. It has made my life much easier. So Google Research and Explore, yes, Google Scholar. I've used it a little bit. Um, it has strengths and it has weaknesses. Uh, it still follows kind of that algorithm that Google sets up by what's clicked the most or sells the most. And that's what gets what comes up in the research. Google Engram, I got to look into this. Um, I think it was Matt Miller session I went to, and uh, he was using that. Uh, but I remember at the time thinking this is a cool tool, but doesn't apply in my area as much. Google Correlate, I believe that takes um, different things and compares them, you know, times, dates, eras, to, you know, for example. Uh, News Archive, same thing. Again, uh, interesting ways um, to present to your students to engage them. But I, I want to keep in mind that it also then, if you can present it to the kids, then you should ask them to use it to create for you. Be creative in your assignment making. I think tech gives you that option a lot more than anything we've had before. All right, moving on down. Images with citations. I haven't got a chance to use that. Google Drawings. Google Drawings, yes. I did a podcast on that, Google Drawings. In fact, I think it was episode 28. And um, I'm really enjoying Google Drawings, particularly in the area of creating an image that I send an email, which I think is a little more uh, engaging for the, my readers. And uh, get to the point, and I think everybody appreciates that. And lastly, then, podcasting which I believe Anchor was part of that. There are many other uh, applications for podcasting out there. So if you're interested in doing that, take a look at what I cl uh, click on that word or, you know, Google how do I start a podcast and you'll get all kinds of resources. 
Well, all right. I think that brings us to the end of episode 29. My reflection, can I do without this tech? Yeah, some of it I can. Some of it I just keep it there for suggesting to my colleagues or for another time, maybe another place, another group of kids, maybe next hour. Like I said, maybe today it doesn't work. Maybe this hour, maybe this lesson, but it might work for another lesson. So we have to approach, the. I think, our use of tech with that in mind. And also what I say, you know, be patient. Don't try to be perfect. It's going to work sometimes and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you're going to do like I did with my uh, digital breakout where I forgot to double check all the tools I was using for my clues on the school Wi-Fi, which is much more filtered than my home Wi-Fi. Listen, you have a good week. All of these things uh, that I listed are kind of a big treat for you. I know it's a big treat for me. I hope tech's a treat for you. If it's if it's not, you know, let's take a look at, uh, you know, is it is it enhancing your learning? Are the students getting into it? It's probably a treat for you then because I, I don't know a teacher alive that doesn't get fired up when they see the the eyes of their students light up and they see the learning happening. All right. So like I said, that's it for this episode. Um, I think I'm going to try and do another episode throughout the week here and maybe try and get uh, maybe get my interviews going with my change out of the marking period. I'll have a little more time. That's another reflection for me. So are you reflecting? I hope you are. Have a good week. This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect. <laughs>